0: The Rad The Rad Podcast. Broadcast. The Rad Podcast. And we're back at it with another episode of the Rad Podcast. I'm producer Brandon. And I'm producer Amanda. And you're listening to the Rad Podcast. And this is uh, the first episode fresh off of our last episode where we were at uh, Sabroso. And it was an amazing event. Yeah. I had an amazing time. I don't know. Did you? Yeah, I yeah. totally did. It was a really good birthday present. Good uh, birthday party, rather. Yeah. Um, I've never done anything like that for my birthday. It's just, it just, you know, it's one of those things that, that the universe lines up and all the favorite bands show up and in a, at an event, and it happens to be on your birthday. It's just synchronicity.
1: Yeah, and the weather cooperated. Oh, yeah. It was such a oh, beautiful day. Beautiful day.
0: And out of all the bands, we had, the, uh, we had Unwritten Law, Vandals. <clears throat> me first and the gimme gimme's and the offspring and who was your favorite out of them all
1: definitely hands down me first and the gimme gimme's
0: me too i love <laughs> me first and the gimme gimme's i i had nothing to compare them to prior only knowing that they were a cover band and i i loved them for years but i'd never seen them live and it was uh your first time seeing them live
1: yeah because they always i mean they don't tour very much or when they do it's like you know southern california or Europe yeah
0: they <laughs> yeah. hardly come to come to the Sacramento area so it was my first time seeing them as well and so was Mrs. Brandon she, this, this is like her favorite band of all time um so of course she thought it was the best band but honestly hands down I me mean, first in the gimme give was the best band out there
1: yeah they were so fun on stage just their personalities and-,
0: and they just killed it they I think they had the most crowd control from all out of all the bands mm-hmm. you know Unwritten Law was great I've I've seen them a couple of times or no, once before and it was at a really small venue. So this was kind of like the biggest place and mm-hmm. it was it's just a soccer field. It's got some bleachers and stuff. It's not a big place, 10,000 people. It sounds like a lot of people, but mm-hmm. it's not a big show. Uh, but it's definitely bigger than I've ever seen them before because the first time I saw them was at uh the boardwalk in in Orangevale. Yeah. And that's a really really small venue. I think only 100 plus people yeah, can fit maybe. in that room. Um but they were good. You know, it was very fun and nostalgic, but Honestly, me first in the gimme give brought it.
1: Yeah. And so my stepsons, we, that is one of me first in the gimme gimme's, uh, the drag CD me first in the gimme gimme's are a drag, um, where it's all musical covers that CD I gave to my stepkids when they were like five and seven. And so they have loved that band since they were younger and what I did is I had gotten tickets for them for my oldest son's birthday um for his 16th birthday and um it totally worked out and that my middle son had the CD he wanted me to sign or get signed which didn't happen but I got everybody shirts and they had a great time the one one of their friends did the crowd surfing oh nice I, like all it was just it was such a good time
0: i think the best part of the day was meeting all of all of the fans all of the people that would stop us in our tracks and say hey we love you we love your show and they were all so sweet they were and it, it was I, I feel a little uh dis- i'm a little disappointed in ourselves but i got to I got to give myself an out because it was my birthday and I really didn't care in the moment. But I thought it would have been really cool to have a group of us gathered to sit around and do a podcast recording. But unfortunately, it just didn't work out. Timing, logistics. It was just it would have been really difficult for us to facilitate that whole thing. Yeah. Um. So unfortunately, we didn't get to do that sort of thing. But we did get to meet dozens of people and i i mean i was overwhelmed it was yeah. almost like one one every 10 15 minutes yep as soon as you walk somewhere somebody stops you so it was really cool it was great and i'm still humbled by it because i it doesn't happen often um but it was still really cool and it felt really good to uh, have touched as many of you as i have or <laughs> as we have yeah. um which leads us to the uh, facebook group for the rad Podcast. you can find that on facebook if you just search in the top hand uh search bar you just look for the rod rad podcast and click on the groups ask to join if you haven't joined already and we'll approve you pretty much right away um and i I found out that some people can invite others to the group too right yes okay so that and that's cool
1: yeah they you can invite your friends that you know listen also listen or
0: or that should listen or yeah
1: should listen and then we just go in and accept the friendship or whatever
0: that's awesome and that was, kind of, that was kind of our way of kind of keeping in touch with people as we were out and about mm-hmm. uh, but we're up to how many people on the
1: 450
0: and growing yeah that's really cool i think every time we talk about it on the air too the, we get a little spike every time yeah, like five or six that. people will pop up and it's really cool i i haven't seen anybody breaking any rules i haven't seen any nope. bots i haven't seen any uh, terrorists <laughs> no which were which is what we were going to weed out um everybody seems to be really nice with each other so uh so far it's going really well. I I honestly don't really know how to use this thing. Oh, well I've to... been
1: I've been in there. Have you seen that people like on your birthday a bunch of people wish you happy
0: birthday. Oh, yeah, but there. that's nothing different than regular Facebook. It's just
1: Yeah, this is just it's like a secret club. So you can post stuff in there and no well it's not a secret, but you know, it's like a private club where you can post stuff in there, ask advice, um talk to other people whatever in that group and regular facebook people can't see it and like shame you about it
0: right and we can post like nude pictures and stuff on here right like we're still looking for dick pics <laughs> oh, and a-
1: yes you could okay if
0: you wanted cool because it's like it's all private so people can't see your privates on regular facebook <laughs> right, right okay good good to know i might <laughs> have to do that later i mean i'm not going to do that at all <laughs> um cool so the facebook group is growing and uh rad podcast is how you find it on Facebook. Um, What else, what else, what else is going on on the group?
1: Well, um, so I put up a uh, poll to um, vote on like what we should call the podcast listeners. And I put it up there and I said, you know, feel free to enter your own submissions and we can all vote on it. Submit. Yeah. So the first one. I everybody voted on prod heads and that looks like that was the like the number one voted on. Um, But the second one was prod squad. And my thoughts about it, because I think prod squad is cool, too. They're both cool. But I think collectively, you know, if there's more than one prod head, they're prod squad.
0: okay all right. There's no reason why we couldn't use both. right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Right, so so, there's no
0: rule. So should we refer to everybody when we when we open up the podcast? For instance, should we say "What's up, prod heads?" Yep. or "Shout out to the prod squad." Yep, exactly that kind of thing. That kind oh, of see, thing. See, I've already got it down. Yeah, oh, I'm such a pro. <laughs> Sweet. So prod heads, prod squad. Yeah, I think it's cute. Yeah, that's cool. So maybe one day when we want to get like members only jackets and we want to emb- you know engrave something yes. onto a, a t shirt or jacket. It says prod squad and then yeah. mem- member number or whatever. Yeah,
1: exactly. And we can have our, our gang jackets yeah. or like our gang colors. That'll never happen. Oh, but, well, I'm just saying. You know,
0: but that's cool. I mean, I, I, I like that we have now coined a phrase for the people that listen because they're so loyal and they've been with us for so long, even though we've only been doing this for 26 plus weeks. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much. Thank you for taking part in that poll. And I'm sure there will be plenty of other polls to <laughs> hop onto on the rad uh, Broadcast facebook group um another thing you could do um you can do like jessica did and ask for advice on the page on the on the facebook group right that's right <clears throat> so you don't necessarily have to email us you can at rad at but this might be another way or even an easier way to get your uh questions out your get some advice because not only we could can, can will we cover this on at least a broadcast recording we can either reply to you Right there in the group or other people can chime in with their experiences, because as you've noticed in the past with our podcast um, suggestions when it comes to like, you know, diets or relationships, sometimes we can be right on the mark and sometimes we can be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. And to have your assistance backing us up. I mean, because it's a community thing. We're, we're, right. we're kind of doing this for. For everybody, and it's not it's not it's not like a, a club, that, a specific private thing that nobody else can have a say in. This is this is for everybody, and we're we're trying to be a collective that helps everybody out, which is another reason why we have the groups to make it more of a safe space for everybody.
1: Yeah, and it's like a support group, for, so you guys can support each other. You know that you you don't even need to necessarily ask us a question. You guys can be there for each other as well, and then if If we see it, we can read it or, you know, give our opinion,
0: too. And I don't know if anybody has uh, covered this on the uh, Facebook page yet, but um, we'll take a shot at it. And if, you know, if Jessica's already gotten the advice she needs, great. But maybe this could be helpful to somebody else who's going through a similar situation. Uh, But here we go. This is from Jessica. She says, first of all, I listen to Rad now specifically because you two are present. I've been a listener since the 90s, but quit listening for a long time because of the show Dynamics. Now, you too. Heart, heart, heart. (sighs) Much of the podcast is a sobriety checkpoint, which I love and can almost identify with because I have goals. My questions are these. How did you feel during your last drink? When did you draw the line and say this is it and decide that there would be no more for a year? What was the tipping point? How did you feel on the day that you went from drinking to not drinking? I'm currently fighting my own demons and alcohol, and uh, uh, with alcohol, and have so far downloaded an app that Amanda talked about. That's the quit that app. Quit that. Uh huh. That's that's it. That's it. That's, it. that's that is as far as I have reached. Every day, I tell myself that I'm going to quit and reevaluate my relationship with with the booze. Yet I don't, and still make some excuse to pick up some Jamie and IPA Jameson, probably, mm-hmm. uh, uh, on the way home. The booze is affecting my family life and my professional life. I set my my shit to booze control every night and let it rip. I want to quit. I could use a friend to hold me accountable on the way I've heard Amanda's friends uh, held her. Perhaps this this would have been better in an email, but y'all created this quote-unquote safe space. I know you hate to say it, Mm -hmm. uh, but it is the group nonetheless. Much love, Jessica.
1: So I think that's awesome that she posted it there.
0: Yeah. And I think this is uh, to just before we circle back and answer all the questions, um, maybe this is your way of holding yourself accountable mm-hmm. just by putting it out there and, and have using the rad podcast group to uh, basically hold yourself accountable. Because t- to be honest, I when uh, let's circle back and answer the questions and then maybe <laughs> I'll, we'll cover a lot of the reasons why she she doesn't have the accountability uh, totally on Pat yet. Mm -hmm. Um, She says, how did you feel during your last drink? Well, during my last drink, it was just to keep the hangover away, and it wasn't out of pleasure or uh, escape. It was purely out of damage control just to keep my body feeling normal because I'll face it, I I was drinking a lot, and it was just – to the point where it was poisoning my body and I knew, I knew every single morning when I woke up, I felt like shit. And the only way I was going to feel better is if I have just a little bit more. Yeah. And that's when I knew during my last drink that it just didn't taste good anymore. I was sick of it. I was fed up. Like I, I honestly was angry, not just in myself, but the way that my body felt. Because I knew that I could feel so much better than, than I was feeling in that moment.
1: Yeah, so she asked, like, what was the tipping point? And then I'll answer the, um, the how did I feel my last drink thing. Um, the tipping point for me is it basically started affecting everything that I care about in my life, my family, my job, you know, everything.
0: Which it, she's going through right now. Jessica says this is affecting my family life and my professional life.
1: Yeah, so, you know, my relationships, everything. Um, I was at the point where I was... Very close to losing everything that I cared about. Um, And so that was the tipping point for me where I was like, okay, something has to change. I can't do this. And so the last weekend before I came back to work, I think it actually happened to coincide with the roller derby end of the year party. So I was like, all right, I know I'm going to be going to this. I'm just going to let that be my last hurrah. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had a last hurrah weekend. I don't remember like, oh, this is my going to be my last drink that I'm ever going to have for a year. I didn't have that. I just, I, you know, I had... Like, the big wake-up call moment where uh, you're about to ruin your life. And then I said, okay, I'm going back to work on Monday. Let me enjoy myself this weekend, and then I'll get my shit together that Monday. And that's what I did.
0: All right, let's go to the next question. She says, when did you draw the line and say this is it and decide that there would be no more for a year? Well, I think that moment was about... uh, Almost, um, a year ago. almost a year ago. Yeah, I mean, at the by by the end of April, I know that I was really spiraling out of control, and um, it was affecting my personal life, and it was affecting my professional life, similar to where Jessica's at, and I think she's she's at her tipping point. It sounds like, mm-hmm. um, but that that's when I decided um, that it was it, and I think that it took a, a push from my my family and my friends that finally said, "Look, man, you." Something's going on. Something's wrong. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to lose everything if you don't stop this. And that's basically what I knew. I, and I, I don't know if it's because I've had such a I've had an issue with booze for my entire adult life so much mm-hmm. pretty so far. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say that my entire adult life I've had issues, but I've it's escalated to the point where I've at least gotten in trouble twice for it mm-hmm. uh, with the law. And then ultimately this, you know, third strike, which I consider this to be my third strike. And I'm very lucky that it, that it only was like a slap on the wrist and a, um, a warning and a cry for help from other people to me saying, we don't want to see you go through this anymore. Mm-hmm. So stop it. Right. That I consider that my third strike. Yeah. So, um, I should have drew the line a long time ago. It just never happened for me that way. And I think that we all kind of go through that process of, well, it's not that bad. This oh, isn't, yeah, this isn't sure. This isn't rock bottom for me yet. I'm right. still maintaining on all of these other levels. So uh-huh. why should I stop? There's no reason for me to stop. Yeah. Totally. Um but when it does get to the point where it affects you so closely um to the point where you could lose everything like what Amanda was saying, then That should be the line. That should be your line that you draw. Now, it's not for everybody, but that's that was for when I decided that that was just it.
1: Yeah. And you don't have to have like this big catastrophic moment. I mean, pay attention to every morning when you're waking up. What do you feel like? Because you can maintain that fucked up feeling for a really long time and tell yourself that it's not a problem. But when you're waking up hungover every morning, you um Got yeah, the fucking wet brain is that you're not functioning at your best potential when you're waking up like that. And you said you have a family um, and all that. I mean, I'm totally fine with people sitting down and having their glass of wine or their beer at the end of the night or whatever. But if you're getting to the point where if something happened in the middle of the night with your family and you needed to go to the hospital and you're too fucked up to drive your kids to the hospital... Like, that's a fucking problem. And I say that with the most compassion because that's where I was at. I I was home by myself at night, totally fucked up with my kids. You know, they're all in bed or whatever. But if... Somebody woke up having some sort of, I don't know, allergic reaction or something that you can't plan for. Who's going to take him to the goddamn hospital? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm too fucked up to to drive him. So I don't know. You just got to think about those things. And, you know, you don't want to be feeling like hungover every morning because regardless of whether you think you're maintaining it or whether you think you can um, going to work like that every day, you're not you're not going to be able to perform your job as good as you should be able to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, usually when you're hungover, uh, people can smell that alcohol on you. I don't care if you brush your teeth, chewing gum, all that stuff. It's, it seeps out your pores. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know. That's just not the way you, I, I believe most people want to function in life.
0: And she asked finally, how did you feel on that day that you went from drinking to not drinking? And I'll tell you the first day when I woke up, um, after I made that decision, I felt great. And it wasn't, I honestly, mentally, I felt great because I felt like I was taking control and that I had a new direction and that I I, I knew that I could do this. Yeah. I, I had no doubt that I would be able to make it an entire year without drinking alcohol because it's just, it, there was just too many more things important to me than that. And I was just on it like i said earlier fed up with it mm-hmm. and i was just done feeling that way i was done letting alcohol have that control over me and it was just it was a moment of weakness that i i as a as an individual have a really hard time expressing like i i don't like to show weakness at all whatsoever i'm i'm a very private person in that sense like i don't want anybody really to get too close because Outside, it's a hardened shell on the inside. nobody knows my feelings but me you know nice. and and to 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 be vulnerable in that moment, it was tough, but it felt good because I was not only creating that sense of accountability for myself by letting everybody else know uh you know my family, my friends, even the on air uh when i when I announced it on the air, I was admitting to the audience that I had an issue, and that I was taking this break, so you might not have the same luxury as as getting on the radio and saying. I'm holding myself. I'm holding myself accountable for the sake of my family, my friends, and the show. Um, so you can't. You can't really have the audience to back up on, um, like we do. But you, you still have a support system. I mean, if you have your your family and your professional life, hopefully you have some friends that are going to back you up on this choice. And if they don't back you up on your choice to stop drinking alcohol for a while, even if it's just for a month, two months, you know, maybe start start little bits. At a time, you, yeah. you don't necessarily have to say I'm going to quit drinking for a year. Just do a reevaluation with your relationship with booze. It's it's you you could you would probably find similar how I am feeling right now with only about three weeks left until I can have a drink again. Um, I don't really want it. I, I don't really crave it. I, I mean, there are certain moments like when we were at Sabroso. I really wanted a beer because it was really nice outside. It was my birthday. Beer sounded really good and, you know, I love having beer with tacos. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was tough that day, but it was no harder than any other day for me to make that decision not to drink. Yeah. And every day after that first day, it became easier to say no, because not only did you feel better, but it's a sense of accomplishment and I, and I held myself to that accountability to live up to that, uh, commitment
1: yeah so I am at a different you know space in my sobriety I also want to do a year because I did uh I first started out just doing 30 days sober um and it was great I was able to do I think I did 34 days it was it was fine I didn't drink I proved myself that I could not drink for 30 days but then what happened after that 30 days for me is I went right back to rip roaring you know drinking a magnum of wine every night Woo! and um
0: Pot-tay. so
1: so then when i got when i fell so far after going back to drinking um i was like okay i can't just do 30 days 30 days is not enough for me i need to do a full year mm-hmm. and um i i'd say when i first quit drinking the first week i definitely noticed like oh my gosh i feel so good and you know i'm able to come to work and not feel groggy and dragging and, you know, all that stuff. Um, so that was great for that first week. Then in the second week, uh, it started to be really hard for me because I relied so much on that wine at the end of the night to relax. And, um, you know, I have issues with anxiety. And so that's what I was using to self-medicate almost for my anxiety. So I had to do different things to deal with those cravings, and I still have pretty strong cravings. But one thing that was that helped me is um, I did like a fruit juice, and um, my trainer Molly suggested this to me. She's uh, she said, you know, celebrate your drink at the end of the night, it's just going to be non-alcoholic. So I did sparkling water and fruit juice and drank it out of a wine glass. Like a mocktail. Yeah. Made a mocktail, drank it in that wine glass, still had the kind of like celebratory you know wind down at the end of the night but it was just with a mocktail and that really helped me and I still do that to this day because I do have really bad cravings one you know I mentioned it a couple podcasts ago but at Rob's wedding celebration it was really difficult for me not only were you know my friends and everybody there and then they're all having fun Um, my weakness is champagne and there was champagne flowing there like all over the place Christina got me the alcohol-removed uh, champagne, so that helped a little bit. Um, but, you know, there are, there are situations, like Brandon was saying, where you're at the Soboroso Festival or you're at, I don't know, you know, different places where people are drinking. And, of course, I'm not the type of person, Brandon's not the type of person where we are going to expect nobody around us to drink. You know, they have their own free will and can drink and do whatever. It's our problem that we have with alcohol and so and if we have
0: a problem being around it we don't go
1: yeah exactly and so you know it can be difficult to deal with those cravings but i'll tell you what each day that i've dealt with those situations where i really almost really maybe thought about getting a drink like you know what i it's been three months i can go ahead and get a drink i've done so good and I've been so strong. And then when I go home and I don't drink and I made it another day, it's such a feeling of accomplishment. It's like, yeah, I am fucking stronger than the alcohol. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I I think I went off on a tangent there. You
0: did bring up a great point about uh, your coping mechanisms and, and dealing with the stress at the end of the day. And you celebrated the drink by making up a mocktail. You know, working out is something that I highly endorsed just because once you're not drinking your body is it's going to want to get back to feeling normal again and and one way to kind of lower your stress levels is to work out more you're working with your trainer molly mm-hmm. at dig in fitness
1: yeah dig in wellness dig in
0: wellness yep um you know if you can afford a trainer do it if not the youtube even instagram there's pages uh, with instructions on on how to do certain workouts you know going from Drinking a whole bunch to working out isn't necessarily the best way to go. But, you know, as you find in your journey, uh, as time goes by, at least this is the case for me, my body needed to expel energy and Mm -hmm. I needed to figure out how to way to handle my stress in more healthy ways. And that came with that came with getting on a treadmill that came with lifting weights that came with even doing yoga. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I try to do it as much as I can um, because I find it to be much more beneficial to the way I feel the next day.
1: Yeah. Or, I mean, if you are totally adamant against exercise, because some people are like, fuck that. I'm never going to get around to doing that. Even just going out and taking a walk around the block in your neighborhood, um, taking your dog for a walk. If you have a dog, your kids, you know, just, just getting out. I think there's something to be said about getting out in the fresh air and just, you know, getting, getting that sunshine and getting the fresh air. Even if, if you can't walk around the block, just go out and maybe throw the ball to your kids or your dog or whatever, just something to where you're, you're not just sitting around and, um, you know, battling your brain inside.
0: Yeah. And honestly, these are all good fixes for in the moment as you're going through the process of, of not drinking. And these are all helpful tools for when you're having the cravings, but ultimately, You need to evaluate where you're at right now, and it sounds like you are at your tipping point and that you need to make the decision for yourself to just quit, and it's up to you at this point. And each day it is a battle, but each day you go to bed and you haven't had a drink, you have won that battle. Yeah,
1: and and it is a feeling of accomplishment. I wonder if, because she was asking, like, you know, how, how did you feel in your last drink or whatever? Maybe she's one of those people that needs to have, like, um, a celebration for her last drink to be like, you know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to have a really nice dinner. I'm going to have a really nice glass of wine. And that's going to be my, my last drink. If if maybe you need to do that. So if it you, gives you a finality.
0: If if you feel like you can control it and you feel like you can say, yes, I'm going to have a nice night out and it's going to be fun I'm not going to get too out of control. I'm not going to get blackout drunk then. Yeah. But if you feel like you're at that point where, yeah, I'm going to go out to dinner and I'm going to have a glass of wine and that glass of wine turns into a bottle and then it turns into a farewell bottle of Jameson at the house, you know, then it's probably not going to be the best idea, but you have to make that decision for yourself if you can handle that. Or if you're just at that point where I was, or you're sick of it, I'm fucking fed up Mm -hmm. with feeling like this all the time. And you just do it cold turkey. Um, but, you know, it depends on your level of intake every day. If you're drinking a lot of booze every day and a lot is like more than two or three beers a day or more than two or three shots a day, more than a Magnum bottle of wine every day, then you probably should do it with the help of your doctor or even going to the Hams Network. You just uh, Google Hams uh, drinking reduction network um, or Consult your doctor. That's one of the first things that I did too. When I, if you have the ability to go to the doctor, um, not everybody has that luxury, unfortunately. Go check them out. Go, go. Just say, hey, this is is where I'm at in my life. This is where um, I made the decision that I want to quit drinking. I want to make sure that I'm doing it uh, healthy in a a healthy way, so that my, my kidneys and my heart don't just stop working because of the alcohol withdrawals. Because people die. Yes. From alcoholic alcohol withdrawals. And yeah. that's not where you want to be. But Jessica, if you care about your life and care about your family, care about your job, care about yourself, you should make the choice to quit. Start with, you know, if you want to make that commitment for a month and then reevaluate then say, hey, I, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to drink anymore. Make it two months. Make it six. Keep going from there and celebrate each day that you say no.
1: Yeah. And get on the get on the Facebook group and say, hey, guys, you know, I just wanted to keep myself accountable so i'm checking in i haven't drank for a day or you know whatever yeah. maybe that will be a way that you could reach out to the group and just have some somebody people that aren't going to judge you people that you don't necessarily know and that it could just keep you accountable and you're not having to blast it out to like your friends or whatever and if that makes you feel uncomfortable
0: and you know no is exactly what this group is for. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe somebody is going through the exact same thing you're going through and you can connect through the group and you guys can hold each other accountable. Exactly. Um And if you need help or further advice from us as individuals, from Amanda and myself, I know I would happily talk to you directly if you needed some sort of advice or just encouragement or or whatever. I, I'm here. I know Amanda is willing yes. to talk as well. So, Jessica, best of luck to you. And I hope that we... Uh, Helped you in any way today? Um, Join us on the Facebook group. Just search for the Rad Podcast. Click to join, and we will accept you, and we can help you, or you can help Jessica. However you want to do it. Uh, I got another email here from Anonymous. Oh, it's a Dr. Prod letter. Oh, Uh, they say, "Hey guys, hope you had fun at the Sabroso." Yes, we had fun at the (laughs) Sabroso. I was hoping to get some advice from you and Amanda, me being Brandon. No. So a friend of mine doesn't like one of my friends, and she can't be around them even when we hang out. Uh, even when we hang out, she has to leave. I get you can handle so much of a person, but it, it honestly, but honestly, do you really have to just leave if that person shows up? Sometimes it feels like it's not a win-win always, uh, but love hearing your regular show and the podcast. Thank you so much, Brandon and Amanda. Kind of a vague email. It so, doesn't really have a lot of information, but it sounds like to me that she has a friend that doesn't like one of the friends. Yeah, got that. Um, and whenever the other friend shows up, friend number one has to leave. Okay. Have you ever had any friends like this before?
1: I, not that I can think of off the top of my head, maybe. But so my question is, why? Okay, so... There's two. You're friends with two people that don't like each other. Why are you obligated to hang out with them together? You know, are are, are you inviting them both to a place and they're coming out to like meet you for beers or something? And it's creating that that friction. Is it just they coincidentally happen to show up at the same party? That's not your. That's not your stress to deal with. If they don't like each other, they don't like each other. Hang out with them separately. Yeah. You know, you, there's no, there's nothing that says all your friends have to like each other.
0: It sounds like they, uh, they probably run in a similar circle. I, you know, it, it's hard to say, say, but it, they could be in some sort of community situation where uh, there's a bunch of roommates and, right. you know, they have their friends over and it's all the same click. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just this friction between these two people. But, um, but still, you know, I think, If it's an open door policy at this house or at this dorm or whatever, this, or this bar. um, Yeah. You can't really control who people like and don't like. Yeah. And if that person's choice is to leave, because they can't handle somebody then that's their problem. Yeah, honestly.
1: That, yeah, exactly. That's what, I feel like it's the, it's those people's drama. Why are you in, including yourself? Are you the conduit for these two people hanging out? If so, stop doing that.
0: Yeah, stop bringing them together because unless you're going to be the moderator and uh, you know, try to get some sort of um resolution between the two, then butt out and and yeah. and just if it happens, maybe tell friend one that has the problem with friend two to maybe confront friend two or friend one to suck it up. Or, you know, I have a I have a hard time with people that like to actively and physically express uh, their discomfort with other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, why can't you just deal with it? Just Either deal with it or just, you know, fake it to make it. Yeah. You know, great. if it's a social situation that you you don't have any control over, then don't let it affect you. I don't know. I am yeah. such a non-drama person that this this whole thing just kind of gives me the skeeves.
1: Yeah, it me too because it's just like okay, if these people are unable to be adults, unable to be adults, then that's their issue. Uh why why you feel the need to Immerse yourself in their issues with each other. I don't know. But, you know, the thing is, is like for me, I have different groups of friends. Mm-hmm. I have like my roller derby friends. I have my friends that uh, like my mom friends, you know, and then I have just like my regular friends that I've been with friends with forever. You know, I don't necessarily commingle all those people because I don't know that my mom friends are going to like my derby friends. You know, is it maybe that, maybe you just need to compartmentalize a little bit. I don't know. But to me it's like it's that's their problem, not yours.
0: I agree. And unfortunately, we can't control everybody allow make everybody get along. And this yeah. is just one of those life lessons that you're going to learn that uh, that you can't mix a whole bunch of people together and expect everybody to be happy and get along, even though they might be great friends on one side, uh, you know, individually to you. Mm-hmm. They might not get along. And that's that's totally fine. And just yeah. let let it be the way it is.
1: People have different personalities and those personalities don't always mix. That's so right. if, if you know that, just keep them separate. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, that's the last email I have. Oh, yeah. that was quick <laughs> today. Um, I don't I don't really know what else what else to cover.
1: Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know either.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's call it quits today, and okay. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let the we'll let the the uh, prod heads or the prod squad yeah. get all settled in and established in the group. Yeah. Find us on the Facebook groups and join us there, and uh, you know maybe we'll have a more a, a, a plethora of things to talk about once we get some more people signed up and talking to each other and, and all of that. So. Until next time, namaste bitches. Bye! The Rad.